Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm going to be talking today all about my recent trip to Bosnia and Herzegovina. And it was a really interesting trip, and I want to share some experiences I had and also some thoughts I had about language learning. Because every time I go on a trip to another country that speaks another language, I always have so many ideas about language learning and things like that. And I, I, I feel like sharing them with you hopefully will be useful for you as well. But also, it might help me kind of consolidate what I learned and become a little bit more clear on some of the things that were going through my head during that time. But I'm going to get to that in a second. And then after I talk about that, I've got a very nice audio message from one of our Level Up English members, which I can play at the end of this episode. Speaking of Level Up, I've got really like so many things going on over there that it's almost like too much to talk about, I would say. And and I'm going to continue to make it my main focus of the year. So Level Up English members have access to like private podcasts. They've got access to the transcripts so you can read along to everything that I'm saying if you find it difficult to keep up with my words. There's also writing courses that people are really good at taking part in. There's a weekly pronunciation course and a very popular one is group lessons too. We do group lessons. At the moment, we're doing it once or twice a week, group classes, which is all included in that £10 membership. So it's a really good deal because if you think about it, one group class is normally going to be at least £10. So for the same price, you're getting possibly six group classes and all these other courses as well. It's an insane price, if you ask me. So if you're interested in any of that, then you can go to levelupenglish.school, my website also in the podcast show notes, and there'll be a members button at the top, which you can click on that and it will take you to a new page with all the details there. But yeah, check it out. Or if that's not good, you know, I know not everyone can afford to spend any money. My goal with Level Up English is always making learning accessible to as many people as I can, which is why I make this free podcast. But I also have a free email list as well. So if you want to, you can join my email list, which is also on my homepage of the website. And you can get free lessons, get some free lessons from the members side as well. Once every two weeks, which is twice a month, you get an email with a lesson, some language learning tips and that kind of stuff. Updates from me as well. But okay, let's get into the topic then. So yeah, I recently went to Bosnia. I'm going to call it Bosnia, even though the full name is, you know, Bosnia and Herzegovina. But many people just call it Bosnia for short. And it was my first time there and it was such a cool experience. I think what made it even more exciting and maybe meaningful for me was that it was my first trip post-pandemic. 
little bit hesitant to say post-pandemic. I know some countries are still dealing with that big time. And, you know, my my thoughts are with you. My heart goes out to you. But at least in the UK, most people have kind of forgotten about the pandemic now, you know, for better or worse. But things have opened up here fully again, like I think like most of Europe, I would say. And yeah, it was my first trip since 2019, so it was an exciting one for 10 days I was gone. I went to Sarajevo and I went to Mostar. These are like the typical cities that people will visit when they go there. And yeah, as I always like to do before a trip, I spent a few weeks picking up some basic phrases. So what I did, you know, I didn't make it too complicated... I went to memrise.com, M-E-M-R-I-S-E.com. I've used that website for many, many years. I don't use it regularly, but for some languages, it's quite handy, I find. And studied a Bosnian course. Now, luckily, Bosnian is very similar to other languages like Croatian or Serbian. They're all very similar. They're basically the same, these languages. So I I knew a little bit already. And I was picking up basic phrases like, hello, how are you, thank you, good morning, these kind of things, you know, basic stuff. And I think this goes such a long way in language learning. So I know all of you who are listening to me, your English is better than these basic phrases. But I do recommend whenever you go to a new country, in addition to using your English, maybe consider picking up some basic phrases like this in the language of the country. And I think, you know, that along with a little bit of confidence or at least fake confidence can go a really long way. You know, I I felt that people really appreciated me using the language. And even though I didn't often understand the responses, I mean, that can sometimes be awkward. So I'm going to give you an example of what happened to me and maybe some tips on how to avoid my problem. Well, one thing I was quite good at was predicting the situations in which I would need certain phrases. So for example, I lived in a big, it was the second tallest building in the city, right at the top, like like the penthouse. It was very cheap actually, but really, really beautiful, really amazing. But it was a big building, so we had lots of neighbors down through all the floors, all the stories. And I knew that I would bump into some of them. I knew that I would see them in the hallway and maybe I would have to say something, right? So just to explain a little bit more, this building was built in the 1960s. So I guess it's kind of um, very old, maybe it's like Soviet style building. And the elevator or the lift, as we say in Britain, was also built in the 60s. So this lift that carries you up 14 stories is uh, what, 60 years old, basically. It's older, much older than me. So this was a wooden lift. The windows had broken, so you could put your hand through the window. It didn't have these closing metal doors. It was all wooden. You had to open the door by hand. The buttons were like push buttons that were written on in permanent marker. And you can hear the chains and the ropes moving as the lift moved up and down. And when you... Oh, oh, the worst part is when you stood 
into the lift, you opened the door, you went inside the lift, the wooden floor of the lift gave way a little bit. So this phrasal verb, to give way, means kind of like to fall in, fall into itself. If the floor gives way, the floor kind of collapses. It didn't collapse, but the floor gave way a little bit. So when you stood on the floor, it kind of went down a little bit. The whole lift didn't go down, it was only the floor. And knowing that there were 14 stories underneath me when that floor went down was terrifying. So after the first couple days, I decided just to take the steps. You know, it's good for my health, it's exercise. It actually, it actually really hurt my knees. But um, I took the steps down and it took, you know, five minutes to walk down all these flights of steps every day. And yeah, that, that was really tough. But I had a lot of people waiting at the elevator, the door, and they, were, they said something to me in Bosnia, like blah, 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 blah. I didn't understand. But because I had kind of prepared in advance, I guessed what they were saying. You know, they were pointing to the lift. Probably they were saying, you know, do you want to come in the lift? Do you want me to hold the door for you? So I learned one really good phrase, which was scary. you, You can correct me, guys, if you're from this area. I think it's something like, if I remember correctly, something like that. I don't remember really. But I would just say that to them. And hopefully it wasn't misunderstood. Hopefully it made sense. I said it to one man and he just kind of rolled his eyes at me. Like he wasn't very impressed. And maybe he thought I meant he was scary. I don't know. But one time I was in the lift and a man was in the lift with me. And I said, oh, scary. I said, it because like, it was shaking. I said it was scary. He kind of laughed. And then he said something to me while pointing to the buttons. I guessed he said, what floor? You know, it's kind of obvious. I prepared for this. I said, 14 in Bosnian. And this was the best feeling because he understood me based on the sound I made. He pressed number 14. I was like, oh, what a cool feeling. You know, these random sounds that I made, I didn't understand two weeks ago has now been transformed into an action, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a really exciting feeling, and I think you can get that feeling no matter how good you are in your English, or at your English, I should say. You can still get that feeling that, wow, I'm, I'm speaking another language and I'm managing to communicate my ideas well. It's a really cool feeling. I mean, I get that in English too sometimes. It's, it's nice to, to think about. But the awkward moment was when we were going up in the lift and then because I said some words in Bosnian, the man decided to talk to me in Bosnian. Like he was saying a lot of stuff. And for some reason, I guess because I'm a really awkward person, I didn't tell him that I couldn't understand. <laughs> that would have been the easy thing to do, right? But he said one sentence and I kind of just like, laughed and smiled hopefully that was appropriate because I kind of thought well I don't want to be annoying and say I don't understand you know I'll just laugh and then we can say goodbye but we were in the lift for so long going up and he kept talking and talking and talking and it got to the point where it had gone too far I I couldn't say I don't understand 
because that would be awkward. So I just kind of get, mm, 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 mm-hmm, mm, 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 da, da, like all, all these kind of noises. <laughs> and he kept talking. It was like we were having a conversation. It seemed normal from what I could tell. And then I got out and I said goodbye. And he didn't seem to think it was that weird. So I don't know if I accidentally had a fluent conversation. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I really should have told him I couldn't understand. You know, I wasn't from there. I guess he could tell that anyway. But um, that was just a funny situation. But one takeaway, I mean, this was a very long story, so I apologize. But one takeaway from this was it's really good to predict what situations you're going to be in. So... You know, think about your day, you know, wh- whatever you're doing when you're traveling or when you're using English, for example, think about who you're likely to meet and what you're probably going to say. Like, what are they going to say to you? You could even practice this by you know, calling someone up, ordering a pizza. They're going to probably say, you know, what do you want to eat? And then they're going to say, ah, you know, what toppings do you want? And then you can r- prepare for these common replies for each question. So that's a really good thing to do. The one thing that I neglected to do, perhaps, was to prepare some follow-up uh, sentences in my in my head. I also didn't really prepare like what he would say, prepare for what he would say. I prepared in my head to say the word 14, 14th floor, please. But I didn't really expect him to say anything more than that. So maybe I could have done that. Maybe I could have, you know, learned a bit more. But yeah. Predict situations. I think whatever you're doing, that's a great thing to do. And another tip that I would have, I mean, it works well for me, is to have a cheat sheet on your phone. I do this anytime I go to a country. I open up my notes app on my phone. And well, I'm... I prepare in advance. I I usually write these before my trip, but it's always kind of being edited throughout my trip. And I will have different kind of paragraphs or different headings for like greetings, restaurants, shopping, travel, or the airport, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I know how to quickly find phrases that I need uh, when I get stuck. So for example... I was going to the train station to get some train tickets that I bought online previously in advance. And I knew what I would have to say. So I went to my phone on that notes page. I looked for a train station. And there was a, a phrase that I prepared b- before, which was, I bought some tickets online to Mostar. That was my phrase. And I practiced, I practiced, I practiced. I was walking up in the queue, like looking at my phone. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, you know. Um, there were some American people in front of me. They just said it in English. It was fine. But I was like, no, I'm going to be better. I'm going to say it in Bosnian. And to my surprise, he did understand me. I think I messed up the pronunciation, but the guy understood me. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't impressed. He just said, Give me, give me your ID, give me your phone or something like that. So maybe it didn't really pay off. It, I didn't get that nice feeling, but I like to think that he appreciated me making an effort anyway. 
So that's one tip you could do is just have these notes on your phone. For English, I recommend doing the same. It, you know, your phone is always with you, I suppose. So when you're on the train, in the park, go through your phone, look at the notes, review some of the things you've learned recently. It doesn't have to be travel phrases. It can be anything you've learned recently. So say, for example, you learn a phrase, let's say like, I wouldn't mind having this collocation. I would not mind having. And then you're sat in the park, you look at this phrase on your phone and you can think, hmm, I wouldn't mind having an ice cream right now. Yeah, the next day you're on the train, maybe you want something else. By the way, this phrase means I, I want something. That's all that means. So you're on the train the next day and you're a little bit thirsty. Oh, I wouldn't mind having a Coke right now. Hmm. And then you just keep making these example sentences. And it's a really good way to kind of incorporate this grammar, this structure into your daily life. Right? The final thing that I did and I would recommend you guys to do as well is have a language lesson before your trip. Right? I presume if you can afford to go on a trip to another country, maybe even England, for example, you can probably spend, you know, 10 or 20 pounds more, have a one hour language lesson. Um, doesn't have to be like an ongoing weekly thing, but I just think it's really nice to have that one hour talk with someone from that country to practice the language and maybe ask them some tips as well. So what I did, I sent a message to one uh, Bosnian teacher living in the city I was going to and I just said, I want one lesson, if we can go over some basic phrases, I want to make sure my pronunciation is correct, and maybe give me some tips as well. So yeah, we, we had a really nice talk, she was very friendly, she went through some basic situations with me, um, things like that, we spoke mostly in English, but we learned some Bosnian phrases, and then she also gave me some great travel tips, like where to go, things that I shouldn't miss, all that kind of stuff, so that was really helpful. And it's just nice, I think, connecting to someone from the culture because I feel, speaking from my own experience, it's really, really easy to view the other people in a new country as kind of other, right? Other people. So it's kind of like you versus everyone else. This is how I feel anyway. Let me know if you guys can relate to this. But it's like, I am the foreigner, I'm the traveller, and everyone else is different. I have to make sure I'm not doing anything embarrassing, I'm not doing anything weird. But in reality, it's not this kind of dichotomy, which means two groups. It's not this me versus them. It's really everyone is an individual person with different knowledge and different backgrounds. It's not two groups like that. So I think it's very isolating and scary and intimidating when you view yourself as the other, yeah? And I think having this connection with someone from the culture before your trip helps you kind of feel more connected to the people and maybe not to kind of alienate them in some way, right? You know, you don't think of them as some oh, mysterious other group. Oh, what's that? I wonder what these people are thinking. I wonder what Bosnian people think of me and that kind of stuff. But no, they're just like, you know, whatever country you go to, they're just like us. They're, they're the same. They're all individuals, right? So I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but I find that 
interesting. I think language is a really good way to immerse yourself and connect with a place rather than viewing people as other. So picking up some language is, is good, good to do that, I would say. I think one final takeaway that I had from my trip was the importance of learning about culture as well. I think in most languages, it's not possible just to learn the words and translate it from your language. And one example of that is in Bosnia, people, I think Eastern Europe in general, people do not say please and thank you quite so much. In England, we love our P's and Q's, these please and thank you, because we said them all the time, you know, please, could I have this one, please? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But probably in Bosnia, you would just say, um, you know, when you're ordering, you say, I want tea. Or you would say, give me this one. Then you say, thank you. Sure, you can say thanks. But you wouldn't really say please so much. I mean, that's what my teacher taught me, that you don't really use the word please very often, at least not in kind of a casual setting. So if I were to say, oh, please, may I have this one? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it when I'm ordering a coffee. They'll probably look at me like I'm really weird. Like, why are you being so polite? It's not a big deal. It's just coffee. I'm not, you know, saving your life. So I think this is one example of why you have to learn the culture, not just the words. And this also relates to English. So I recently made a video on my YouTube channel looking at the six or so meanings of the word dear. And this is why you should not say dear in some situations. If you call people dear, dear Michael, you might be making a big mistake, right? So this is when people translate the word dear from their native language into English. And in English, it sounds very weird. I'm not going to talk about that anymore now, but if you're interested, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is called Level Up English, or you probably can find it as well if you type in English with Michael. But hopefully that one will help. But yeah, I think I'm going to leave it here for today. I've rambled for long enough. I think I'm also going to talk on this topic in more detail on the private podcast. So if you are a member, you can hear my other thoughts on this, on the history of Bosnia and my funny or embarrassing experiences there. I'm going to talk about this more on the private podcast. So hopefully I'll see you over there. Let's have a quick listen today to a very kind audio message from Level Up English members. Hello, Michael. I'm Jiyun from South Korea. I'm here to say thank you for putting your effort into this podcast for English learners living all around the world. I've been listening to your podcast for eight months and I'm not sure you remembered me, but I've been really, really enjoying your Level Up English membership course as well. At the first time when I started learning English very seriously, I was looking for some good sources to learn this language. In the meantime, I met you on the podcast. And since then, I've been listening to your podcast every morning and it has become one of my morning routines. You're the best, best English teacher for me. And I totally understand how hard it is to make this whole stuff for learners. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. And thank you for listening. Take care.
Thank you so, so much, Ji Yoon. That was so kind of you. I really appreciate it. And of course, I remember you. Yeah, of course, we spoke a few times on the group classes and Ji Yoon is always very smiley and positive and a really great listener. So I think it's always great to have uh, amazing group class members such as her. And yeah, I'm really glad to hear that listening to the podcast has become kind of a, a ritual, a routine for you. I think that's a great, it's a great way to learn and just having something part of your routine and I'm really honoured that you chose my podcast to be that for you so thank you very much if anyone else wants to leave an audio message you are more than welcome to you can go to levelupenglish.school slash podcast and there is a space to leave an audio message for a question or just to say hi you're always welcome to do that I'm going to leave you today with one quote If I may, this is a quote from me. I'm quoting myself. I hope that doesn't sound too big-headed. You know, I don't want to come across as, you know, that kind of guy. But I think this is something worth repeating anyway. And this is about accent. So this is learn to love your accent and allow it to develop naturally. That's my reminder for you today. Learn to love your accent Okay, well, thank you so much for watching or listening today, whether you're on YouTube or audio. I thank you. I appreciate you. And don't forget, if you want to leave a question for the podcast, you can go to the website slash podcast. And if you want to become a member, that is also available on the podcast too. levelupenglish.school and then click on the members button. Thanks for listening.